Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Jane Teresa Anderson. She's a dream analyst. She's the author of seven books on dreams and dreaming. She's the creator of the Dream Academy online courses. She also hosts her own podcast show, The Dream Show with Jane Teresa Anderson. Welcome to the show, Jane Teresa. Thank you, Leslie. It's lovely to be here. Well, you have a mouthful, girl. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. (laughs) It's built up slowly over a long period of time, but now I look back over my shoulder. Yeah, there are quite a few trails to where I am now, aren't there? Well, you've got quite a few wonderful things that you have going on. And of course, most of it has to do with dreams. But I know you didn't start out that way. I know you went to college at the University of Glasgow in Scotland, which is so cool to me because I have ancestry ties in Scotland, which is really cool. But I read that you graduated in zoology with a degree in biology and neuropsycho... What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Neurophysiology. So I specialized in neurophysiology. So that's essentially how your brain and your nerves interpret the world around you. So although I didn't study dreams there, it really wasn't such a big step from going to how does my brain and my nerves interpret the waking world around me to what's going on in my brain and how am I processing all this stuff at night? Right. Now, let me ask you something. What got you interested in this? Because you kind of let go of your PhD for a while, or maybe you didn't go back to it just to do this. Is this something that just always interests you? I let go of the PhD completely. (laughs) And I'm so glad that I did. Absolutely. Uh, It still took a few years before I really realized that I had to do this. It it is a calling. And I think it started as a child just being intensely interested in my dreams, but so are many children. But that interest and that curiosity stayed with me. And as time went by and people would tell me about their dreams, I realized that not only did I have an intense curiosity in what they were dreaming about, but I was in that position where I was thinking, I don't get where you don't kind of really know what that dream is about because I can kind of see a little bit of it. So eventually, I, being the scientist at heart in those days, I got together a few hundred people and I got them to write down their dreams at night and to write down what was happening for them during the day, you know, what was actually happening also, what issues came up, what feelings came up, what problems came up. And then I looked at the at the two For each person, you know, what's happening in the daytime life? What's happening in their dreams? And so the research began from there. And then it was a short step there from there really to committing, making the commitment to following my passion and building it. That really started 28 or 29 years ago. So it's been a sort of big building process. Oh, absolutely. Now, I have a question, and I don't know if you've been asked this. Maybe you have. But do you know why it's important that we dream? Why is it so important? They always say you're going to go nuts or whatever if you don't. Is that correct? What is it about dreams that make us stay sane, I guess, is for lack of a better term? It's a good question because there will be people out there listening thinking, well, I don't dream and I'm perfectly sane. Right. <laughs> the thing is that we do all dream. It's just that we don't remember them. So if you 
put people in a lab and you allow them to sleep, but you stop them from dreaming. And there's ways to do that with waking them up just every time they start a dream. Uh, they don't <laughs> they don't go very well mentally or emotionally. If you do the same thing with animals, they die after a few weeks. So we do know that dreams are absolutely necessary for our well-being, our physiological well-being, as well as our emotional and mental well-being to an extent. So um, the reasons why are not known, but it's assumed that it's because our dreams are um, processing our waking life to try to make sense of our world. It's a bit like updating our mindset. Every time you go to sleep, your dreaming brain or your dreaming mind is processing the last one to two days of all your conscious and unconscious experiences and then comparing those to your past and then projecting forward into possible futures. So the idea is if I wake up and I've kind of changed my mindset a bit according to my recent experiences, how will I deal with possible future scenarios. That's what dreaming is all about. That's how it happens. And if you don't allow for that dreaming to happen by preventing people from dreaming or not getting enough sleep, your brain misses out and your mind misses out on all that sorting out, filing away factor. And that's why if you're not really getting good sleep, you're really foggy brained, you know? Right, yeah. Clearly, Mm -hmm. you don't feel too good. So magnify that all up and you realize that's how important our dreams are. Right. I totally get that because, you know, I don't always, of course, no one does, remembers every single dream they have, obviously. And, you know, and I told you before we were recording, I have this recurring dream of my purse being stolen. And I, all my friends who know me, you know, they, we make light of it and we make fun of it. I have no idea. I think it's just a, whatever. I, I'm always in a different scenario when I was younger, not necessarily in my life now. But and we can talk about that or we can move on. I just thought it might be kind of fun for... Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of things I'd like to say about that. One is the fact that it's a recurring dream. And again, there'll be people listening going, I have a recurring dream. It's not that one, but I have a recurring dream. So what is it with recurring dreams? And so because each dream is basically processing your experiences of the last one to two days, then every time you have a recurring dream is because there's a recurring waking life experience that you haven't been able to tie up. You know how most recurring dreams like yours rarely end happily i mean you probably never find your purse no i don't i don't ever find it no you're right i don't (laughs) those dreams are always unresolved you wake up why can't i get there catch the plane put my teeth back in my mouth whatever it is it's (laughs) unresolved and it's because your dreaming brain your dream mind is trying it's hardest overnight to solve this waking life problem for you and it can't quite do it so every time that issue comes up because it's unresolved in life bang, there's the dream. So one of the most powerful places you can start if you are interested in your dreams is to find out what your personal recurring dreams mean. So Leslie, normally I would sit with someone for an hour over Zoom or phone or whatever to look at one dream. Right. My quick take take at your dream would be because your purse, our purses usually have our personal stuff in them. Right. (laughs) I won't go go into details, including our identity cards and things. Right. So um, when we lose the purse, the question to ask would be where in the last couple of days did I feel or fear losing something about my identity or my personal self right yeah um I I don't know uh (laughs) it might be one of those things where I'm doing a lot of different things at one time and sometimes that seems to recur then I've started this podcast although I am working on my eighth book that is due uh November 1st to my editor and it's one of those things where it might be you feel like you're a little bit overworked or overstressed or overwhelmed maybe and 
that may be what it is. I'm not really sure. Yeah, and not having enough time to have your personal time, to have your, your purse, your private time, losing, losing touch with that when you're so busy. Right. Yeah. And it might just be that. But I have another question for you. Are you able to evaluate your own dreams? That's a good question. Yes, it's much harder than evaluating other people's dreams because our own dreams are about our own stuff. Right, right. We don't see about ourselves. And so it can be very easy to not see your own dreams. Exactly. It's much, much clearer. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why I can now, but it was like that in the early days. That's one of the reasons why I've spent a lot of time creating tools and techniques for people to apply to their own dreams so that they can understand them. It's like, go through these steps, go through these tools, fill in this chart, and uh, and that will get you to understand. So if there is a time when I have a dream and I think, oh, I'm not sure what this means, I go, take a deep breath, Jane Teresa, apply your own tools and techniques here. Be exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Answer the questions honestly, and then, of course, it's all very clear. But on, on the whole... You know, 99% of my dreams, I'll even wake up in the middle of the night, go, oh, that's in- oh, that's re- oh, oh, that is an insight. Oh, that's really good. I'm glad I got that. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I was, when I was doing the research on you, I was thinking, and well, actually, let me back up. I was listening to a podcast that you had done with one of your recent callers, and you were spending time with her on her dream. And when she was, one of the elements in her dream, she had, there was a beehive, I believe. And a lot of times you said, words can associate themselves with our dreams where it's the same kind of word, but it totally means something different in our dreams. Like a being or a bee, like she was changing her being, but the beehive maybe represented that. Does that, am I getting that right? Yes, you are. So you can't take um, a dream dictionary approach to dreams. You can't like look up B. I know there are dream dictionaries and they do that and you can look up B, but the the answers are are meaningless and and unhelpful. So you have to work out what these symbols are for yourself. But for people that are particularly tuned into words, people that love words, people that listen, people that write, and uh, and that's that's a guest, Jane, another Jane, was actually um, yes. very deeply involved in, in writing as one of her creative pursuits as well. People like that, our dreams tend to have a lot of wordplay and puns. So because when you're dreaming, you're, um, the part of your brain that's associated with looking at life logically and editing and sorting stuff out and getting stuff correct, that part of the brain really is quite asleep and it's left to the rest of your brain what most of us will think of as the right brain or the yin or the holistic big picture kind of take to uh, to, to get the picture of the dream from the brain processing and so if you're actually dreaming and processing about as Jane was you know I do so much doing I can do 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 and I don't take enough time to be then her dreaming brain was going at the right brain to go oh be oh be oh I know how we oh let's do a beehive that would get across the message of be <laughs> that, that makes sense though I mean that totally makes sense and I would never have thought of that to be honest with you because you think your dreams are this big production and it, they mean so much and honestly it might just be something very small that your mind is trying to work out and you maybe didn't think it was a big deal but maybe deep down it was I I don't know you know better than me that's the key the deep down it was thing you know that we we walk about on the world and the estimates are that we our conscious mind is you know five to ten percent of our being of the being there's that word yeah <laughs> and the rest of us, 85 90 percent is our unconscious mind 
which even though we are unaware of it, which is why it's unconscious, it is part of ourselves and it drastically influences what we do, what we say, how we respond in life. So dreams enable us to see that depth of ourselves, what our unconscious mind, and it, they enable us to see where we're in conflict between our conscious mind and that unconscious mind. So that can really, things that we think, oh, that's not important. Our unconscious mind's going, do you know how important this is? Right. <laughs> so we up with this subject of you do, do, doing, and you need to take some time being. Be, be. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And I was noticing when you were interviewing someone, you know, you were asking a lot of questions. And I think in, in another actual interview podcast, you were telling somebody, listen, I'm not a psychic. That's why I ask questions. So you have to ask the questions to get into their inner thoughts or whatever, at least on the surface. I know everyone is very different and everyone has a deeper seated situation than you probably could ever really get into. But I do have another question for you, though. And I don't even know if you believe in this, but if you believed in past lives, do you think those can influence our dreams at all? That's a great question. I, I do personally believe in past lives, but I realize that not everybody does. So if because the dream is processing the last one to two days, and so anything that came up that was a conflict or an issue in the last one to two days, you'll then refer back to, oh, when else in my life has this come up? And that's why things in your this life past can come up. You can find yourself at your childhood home or at your school or, you know, people you haven't seen for a long time. Why are right. they in my dream? It's because they represent a similar situational issue to what happened for you in the last one to two days. So if you then take that on board and think, well, what if it was a past life issue that's come up for me in the last couple of days, it's resonating, then yes, you could go to a past life. I personally believe that anything from a past life that is still relevant for you, you will be encountering in this life. So you won't have to go that far back in a dream. But the big warning sign I'd like to put up here is that dreams that appear to be about past lives are least likely to. So, for example, if you dream that you are in, um, in back in the Middle Ages and you're in a battle and you're maybe as a woman, you're wearing clothes that you can't, are too tight and you can't move around or something like that. Right then you might think, oh, this relates to a past life when I lived in the Middle Ages as a woman and I felt that, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if you actually look at the dream, it's more likely, again, on that pun issue, it's more likely to belong to a woman that's in her Middle Ages. Right, yes, <laughs> yes, age, yes. Has a lot of inner, inner conflict going on, hence the dream battle, and is feeling a bit trapped, hence the tight dress, that, those kind of things. But if you follow the tools and techniques, for example, that I supply on my learning platforms, or if you talk with someone like me, you get to see how the dream relates to the last one to two days. And once the dreamer goes, I can really relate to that. I can see that this dream isn't necessarily about a past life. It's actually more important for me to realize how these issues came up in the last one to two days and to see how I'm handling them, how I'm not handling them, what needs to be changed within me because of these. So that it's almost irrelevant to look back at the past life. It's more important to go, this is an issue that is happening for me now. Let's work on now. Right. No, that makes such good sense. And you're fascinating to me because it's not even necessarily a difficult situation. It's just getting your mindset in that way of going, oh, okay, I see how we work. I didn't realize we were that complex or maybe that simple. I don't know which word is the right one. But have you... <laughs> yeah, that's right, yes. <laughs> you know, have you ever had a patient that has had a big lifestyle change because you've helped them with their dreams? 
Yes, I have many of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> so but I guess you're talking along the lines of like leaving a marriage or, you know, moving to the other side of the world or huge things like that. Right, anything that you think. Yeah. Some have, yeah. And those decisions are up to them. You know, I mean, I never advise anybody to take an action like that. I say your dreams do not tell you what to do. Your dreams do not give you guidance. But if you look into your dream, you get to understand your mindset, your conscious and unconscious mindset. You can see and understand more about yourself and why your life is the way that it is. You can gain deep insights into yourself. And then knowing all of that, you're better equipped to make the decisions that you want to make in life. So some have made those kind of decisions and they've always worked out well. On, on a kind of smaller scale, which applies to most people, most people would say that I've worked with tell me, yes, my life changed in, um, in small increments. And it would usually go along the lines of something like when you do work with your dreams, I think partly because of the headspace that you enter and the heart space that you enter when you ask questions about dreams and you answer them or when you apply the tools and techniques, it actually develops the more creative area of your brain. It develops that more big picture thinking. It opens you up. And so most people actually become far more creative. <laughs> once right. they often get brilliant ideas, may go out and set up businesses or become artists on the side, whatever they're doing, or, or actually just will go about in the world expressing themselves in different ways because they've discovered all these new capabilities within themselves, become a bigger person. Right. Well, so, let me let me ask you one other thing, because... When we were talking about past lives, it sounds like you might even uh, agree that loved ones can visit us in our dreams, uh, past loved ones. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I, I believe it can happen, but I think we have to take a deep breath and look at each dream as if the people in the dream are symbolic, because a lot of people will say, oh, it's wonderful, you know, I have these dreams of my partner who's died and they're so reassuring, and that's fantastic. But then other people will say, I am absolutely horrified because I have this dream where my partner or my, um, you know, someone that I love that has passed is in my dream and they're acting really horribly to me. They're angry, they're blaming me, they're telling me things about them that I didn't know and they're desperately upset. And it's really important to understand that those dreams are not about those people. Right, right. They are always about yourself. So it's really, you know, I always add the caution, yes, we can dream about people that have passed, but first of all, interpret a dream as if the people in your dream represent something about you. And if you then get a positive, oh, my goodness, I can see why he's in my dream. It's to show me this aspect of myself. Then you know that the dream is all about you. It's very easy, you know, on sort of related subject, Leslie, you know, when people have dreams, you know, most of our dreams are, you know, daft and surreal, but some right. feel like they could be real, like you dream of somebody close to you that has an accident or dies and you wake up, and you think that didn't feel like a dream, I've got to warn them or whatever. Right, right. Those, those dreams are, you know, 99.99% about yourself, as time usually proves, you know, the person doesn't have an accident, the person doesn't die, then whatever. So once again, it's take a deep breath and look at the dream as if these people are aspects of yourself. In a death dream, for example, it's usually about what is coming to an end in my life, not my life, not other people. But in order to move forward in life and start new things, I have to put other things to rest. You know, I have to change an old attitude, put it to rest, to have a new attitude. I have to finish an old job, put it, put it to rest before starting a new job and so on. So I always advocate, you know, 
not taken the immediate panic approach to a dream that seems to be uh, not symbolic and go down the symbolic route because what you get from that is so deep and so insightful and so worthwhile that it can be you know life-changing in beautiful ways right and it sounds like your online courses are spot on for people that really would like to venture further into understanding their dreams and understanding how it can positively hopefully affect their life whether they want to make a change or I don't even know if, if dreams can actually do that for someone. But I do think that if they had some kind of um, analysis from you or someone like you, how could it not help? It certainly can show them or show their family or whomever the depth of what they're trying to accomplish in their life, if nothing else. That's right. You know, um, booking sessions for me one-on-one takes people really deep and they enjoy that sense of connection and immediacy and being able to ask questions but you know that's not for everyone and so that's why I set up the course it's almost like me being there asking specific questions and I've you know created charts that people print out and answer the questions in in their handwriting on the charts and it leads them to the place where they can get that insight themselves right over again (laughs) just take every time you have a dream take it through the system do your books also do the same or what are, tell me a little bit about your books and what they can do for a reader about dreaming. Yeah, so they're different. Um, the earlier books were reflected, uh, my first book was published in 1994. So the earlier books more reflected the research that I had done. The two current books, um, one came out two years ago, it was called the, the Dream Handbook. It was actually started life as a book called Dream Alchemy, which first came out in 2003 and went through various editions because it was very popular. And then my publisher said, can we update this and change the title? I'm thinking, why do we want to change the title? I actually like the title. Yeah, Dream no, Alchemy. it's really pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> changed it to the Dream Handbook and updated it. And that is the book. It's kind of like the classic one that everyone loves in terms of dream interpretation because it goes through... 41 common dream themes, you know, so if I said to you, Leslie, that a lot of people dream about losing their bag or losing something, that would be a common dream, a theme about loss, then you'd be able to go to the dream handbook and look up dreams about loss, not in a dream dictionary sense, because there again, I give a kind of sketchy feeling for um, everyone's lost dream is different or whichever common dream theme we're looking at. But here are some of the things yours might mean. Now, here are some questions to contemplate. These are some things it might, and I lead them through it. Right, so right. That's definitely different from the courses that I have on the Dream Academy platform, but it's um, a different approach using some similar techniques. The other book, which I actually self published, the other books have, apart from one, have all been published by mainstream publishers, but I decided to self-publish this one, which came out this year called Bird of Paradise. And it's a little bit different. It does cover dreams and also covers synchronicities and how to be guided by synchronicities and exploring your dreams to navigate life. It actually, by the time it timing came and it was ready to push the button on publishing it was right at the beginning of the or well, two months into the pandemic so it was actually a book that was born at the right time isn't that because... great yeah the pandemic's been amazing <laughs> huh i included it it was the in my previous books i mean being a writer you'll probably understand where i'm coming from here but right. in my previous books i would always sit down and go right these are all the chapters 
this is what's going to go in them. It's kind of like a template for each chapter. It will introduce this, then it will go into this, then it will give you this. And this book, Bird of Paradise, I decided to do completely differently. I just decided to start on page one and see what came up. So a lot of it, and then at the end, I also went back through some of my blogs and picked some of the most popular blogs and edited them a bit and inserted them where it seemed appropriate. So a lot of Bird of Paradise is a bit of a whimsical memoir. So it's going back from through times in my life and presenting them as they actually happen, but in slightly magical writing so that they're enticing and curious. And I've woven those stories with looking at dreams and looking at synchronicities. And then I included in the book the synchronicities that happened while I was writing the book and how it all played together. So that's that book. It's not one that you would buy to uh, get all of the tools and techniques to interpret your dreams, but it was one one that you would buy that if you read it slowly and took it on board, the tools and techniques for understanding your dreams would actually seep in as you read it. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. And it sounds incredible. It sounds like a lovely book and I love the name. You know, authors are big about titles. That's one thing I love. So the name is always going to be a great one for me. But I love the fact that you've got like a, a dream handbook and it's almost like a, a cliff notes, if lack of a better word. I don't know if you guys have those in Australia because that's where you are right now. You're in Australia. It's like 9 a.m. where you are a little after 9 and it's 5 p.m. here. So, but I know it's just so crazy that we're on opposite ends of the world and still able to do this. I love technology. Um, but I do like the fact that you've got a book that somebody can just open up and pretty much, you know, gauge where they are, maybe not specifically what they're dreaming of, but gauge where they are within a, a, a category. And it sounds like it would really be helpful for people that want to interpret their dreams and understand them. I'm told by people that contact me that it's a, it's the cliched well-thumbed book that sits by the bedside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really. Get your notebook right there and you got your, your handbook there and you got it covered. Everything is good there. But no, I, yeah, exactly. But no, I, I love the fact that you've got all the tools for people and your online course and your podcast. Now I noticed on, um, when I was looking at your podcast on Apple, not all of them are up. I think you have to go to the website to hear them all, correct? Yes, we've got how many is it now? Um, 240 something, I think now. Wow. So wow. When we first started, which was 12 years ago, we did one a week for a run-in to sort of build up a, build up a collection. And that was like in the early days when podcasting wasn't a thing. Right, right. No, I know. And after a while, I found that, you know, totally exhausting trying to do that as well as be a dream analyst as well as everything else. So we took it down to once every four weeks, which is a formula we've stayed at. So the, our podcast doesn't come out as uh, frequently as other people's, but um, every four weeks has got that nice little thing. So, yeah, so Apple and all the other platforms usually only have the last 10 or 20, but they're all on my website, which is janeteresa.com. That's Teresa without an H. And they're, they're all floating around the clouds. If you ever, anybody wanted to, and they're all now as long as how many is that? 240 hours worth of this. Well, no, I mean, seriously, I listened to, I think I listened to two podcasts this morning because I really want, you know, I'm big on getting to know who I'm talking to and everything you stand for and everything that you represent. I love how this has affected you. And I haven't even asked you that yet. But I love just getting into your head and finding out how this is affecting you. You said it was the best thing you've ever done, leaving your PhD to do this. So it sounds like you love it. I do, yes. I mean, you know, it's two things, well, many things, but I guess I could divide it into two things. One is that it's satisfying for me to do work that I feel that um, 
is rewarding for me personally to enjoy doing and uh, it gives me lots of creative outlets to, 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 you know, to express the same subject. But more important than that, it's deeply rewarding watching and hearing and listening to the changes, the positive changes that happen for people once they get in contact with their dreams. So, you know, it, it's that, that, that's what really keeps me in it, even on days when I think, I've just done so much this week. <laughs> you know, and that's part of the reason I set up the Dream Academy courses, which I did three years ago. Very motivated. You know, I love working one-on-one with people because we go so deep, and I enjoy that as well. But being able to think in terms of handing over to people the responsibility for looking at their own dreams and not needing me, particularly in, you know, how many decades ahead in time? I don't know. I won't be here. (laughs) Well, you know, and like I said, how satisfying is it that you're helping people in a whole different way than maybe, well, heck, I don't know, maybe it is kind of more of a psychology kind of thing, like a psychiatrist and, and helping them work through it. Now, if somebody wants a dream reading, do you do that for people yourself or do you have to do the online course? No, people can see them. I don't call it a dream reading. I call it, I've got several services. So mostly people book a one hour either by phone or Zoom. And they can either book a dream consultation where we look at one dream and we spend the entire hour on that one dream. And that is that is like the best thing that people can choose. Some people want to just chat for an hour and ask lots of different questions about dreams. So I have a, a general consultation one hour. And some people um, who don't actually like the phone or like Zoom or prefer the written word, I have a a couple of email opportunities where they fill in a form and they give me as much detail as they can. And then I sit with the dream and I write back to them. So those are the options for, you know, consulting me individually. And then also I have various programs of people, you know, you mentioned psychology and I offer a service called Dream Therapy, which really is a kind of psychotherapy. So each session begins with the the person bringing a dream, and then we use that dream to go into psychotherapy. So very nice. Are twelve weeks long, so you sign up for once a week for twelve weeks, and then I've also got a program called Explore My Dreams, which is not dream therapy, but it's really like let's get together once a week for six weeks for an hour and you know explore your dreams. So there are various services, and they're all at janetheresa.com. Very nice. I am so impressed and so interested in your work. And I cannot give you enough kudos for what you do and helping people and setting up things. I've, I've never heard of all the things that you offer opportunities for people to help themselves, understand themselves better, maybe even understand relationships or whatever else they can get in their heads about. And what a gift that is. That's lovely. I, I just love that about this. So tell my listeners, everywhere they can find you and your books and you know what social media platforms you're on oh thank you leslie well my main website is janetheresa.com so that's Teresa without an h and every you can find everything from there except my social media which i'll go into in a minute if you want to go direct to the dream academy learning platform it's dream-academy-online.com and my books you can get from, actually, go to janetheresa.com, you'll see books on the menu and you've got direct links to purchase. But basically, you can buy them in all the usual places, you know, Amazon, Book Depository, wherever you buy your books. They're both in digital form as well as paperback. And the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, my social media, 
I'm on Instagram and Jane Teresa Dream Analyst with underscores between the words. Like I said, I know my listeners, I try to have very, very different kind of guests on my show. And you're definitely one of the um, most unique that I've had because I think a lot of people are very interested in their dreams. I think a lot of people don't understand their dreams. I certainly don't. And having that tool of anything that you have out, whether it's a book, an online course, whatever it is, what a gift. So I, and I will add all of your information on my show notes as well for anyone who is listening and right now and just wants to stop and click down. You can do that right now and go to Jane Teresa's website. And uh, Jane Teresa, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure and you have been incredible. Thank you, Leslie. It's been lovely speaking with you and you've asked lovely questions. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support and I'll talk to you next week.